So I was uh, frantically trying to get a PowerPoint ready for today, and I succeeded, but then my uh, USB didn't work this morning. So we're without a PowerPoint, sadly, but I'll do my best to make it clear. So, um, so yeah, talking about authority and where that comes from, the three main points that I want to emphasize in this very short 10-minute slot is, number one, all authority belongs to God. Uh, number two, authority, however it's expressed, is the means by which God perfects us. Uh, it's how he brings about the restoration of all things in the earth, and it's how he forms us into his image. Um, so all the things we looked at so far, all of the expressions of authority and leadership, that's the end goal. It's all about forming us into his image and making us like him and restoring all things. And the third point is that we're meant to be under authority, and we're also meant to carry authority in order to serve. So that's all of us. All of us are meant to be under it. All of us are meant to, to carry some measure of authority in order to serve. And so I want to look at where it all began. So if you look at creation, right from creation, um, God's intention was to have sons and daughters who he could trust with his authority. And that's so close to his heart. That was his, his desire, to be able to trust his children uh, with his authority. And, and that's why we're not robots. That's why we're not slaves, just uh, mindlessly obeying God because he wants us to, to have that privilege. And that's what we had. He gave us dominion over everything that he created. Um, and the enemy, at this point, had no authority. Um, but since he deceived Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve obeyed him, it was as if they were giving that authority over to the enemy. He didn't take it from them, but it's like humanity gave the authority to the enemy. It says in Romans 6.16, 6, 6, if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey. And Adam and Eve, and all of us, we have in some way obeyed sin. We've given that authority over to the enemy. But this was Jesus' mission. This is why he came to earth. It was to live in complete uh, submission to God, complete obedience, and to win back on behalf of all mankind that authority and that dominion over the earth. And there's a wonderful passage in Philippians. I don't know if it's possible to get it up. Philippians 2 5.11, which underlines a lot of this process, which says, Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So here we see the ultimate act of humility from Jesus, the ultimate act of obedience. He was in the form of God. He was completely in the form of God, but he humbled himself and said, I'm going to submit to God on behalf of all mankind, going to the cross. Um, and because of this, God was able to raise him up and give him that name that is above every other name. And that is why Matthew 28, 18 says, all authority on, in heaven and earth has been given to me. That's Jesus speaking. He says, all authority has been given to me. So when we're talking about authority, the enemy hasn't got any. Jesus has it all. And God delights in delegating it to us, to our complete surrender and submission to him. And just like Jesus, when we're operating in a measure of authority or leadership, um, our intention is to serve. Our intention is to be humble, just like he did, to empty ourselves, to become a servant like Jesus was. 
So I want to talk about what this submission to Jesus actually means. What does it mean to submit to his authority? And this is the interesting thing, as we've looked at already, um, because it doesn't happen in a vacuum. Submitting to God isn't something that just happened between me and him off in a monastery somewhere or off on a mountaintop. It happens in relationship with other people. It has to involve other people. It happens in the nitty-gritty of life. And it happens through us submitting to those leaders that God has put in our life to lead us. And there are so many New Testament examples for this. Um, I think it was uh, David Ackerman who referred to the... It's just a biblical principle in the New Testament of having leaders. But there are so many uh, references, which I did have on the PowerPoint, but I'll just rattle through them very quickly. Um, so 1 Peter 5.5, 5, you who are younger, be subject to the elders, clothe yourself with humility. 1 Peter 2.13, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Romans 13.12, whoever resists authority resists what God has appointed. Titus 3.1, Paul's talking to Titus, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient and ready for every good work. And it goes on and on and on. Um, there are many of, these, uh, many of these verses. So clearly it's something very important to God's heart. He's reiterating it again, again and again in his word. And this submitting to Jesus means submitting to loving, serving, and honoring those he's chosen to give responsibility and authority to on earth. Um, and the other point that it's good to remember is it's from this place, as Jamie's mentioned, that grace and blessing flows. So when we're in that right relation to God and right relation to our leaders... That's where God can pour the richness of his blessing and his grace upon us. And there's a wonderful story in the Gospels that I just want to talk about briefly that illustrates this. Um, so Jesus is going along, he's going into a town, and a centurion comes up to him and asks him to come and heal his servant. And the centurion says to Jesus, just say the word, let my servant be healed, because I too am a man set under authority and I have soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes, and this one, come, and he comes. And Jesus marvels at this centurion's faith, and he makes an example of it. He says, look, this guy gets it. This guy understands the system. And I think it's so interesting, this story, because the centurion doesn't say, I know you have amazing authority, Jesus. Come and heal my servant. He says, I can see that you're a man set under authority, and I think many people looked at Jesus and thought, wow, this man had amazing authority. He's got incredible authority. He's casting out demons. He's healing people. Many people could see that. But the centurion looked beyond and didn't just see Jesus' authority, but he saw the great authority that Jesus was under because he knew that if Jesus was exercising this level of authority, he had to be submitted to something far greater. I think this is what Jesus marveled at. And what we see in this story is that because of that recognition, the centurion the centurion's servant was healed. Uh, the grace and blessing of God flowed into his household because he recognized that. And I actually believe the words of the centurion are almost a prophetic statement over the church. Um, I think we're all called to be set under authority. I think we're all called to have a measure of authority. I think that's what delights God when he can trust us with that. Um, and it's how he perfects us. And I just want to share two stories, three stories actually briefly if I have time, uh, that illustrate this in my life. Uh, the first story involves my phone. I used to have a really rubbish phone for many, many years. I refused to get a new one. It was an old Nokia, and I really loved it. It did everything I needed it to do. Uh, and even when everybody else was getting smartphones, I stuck to my old Nokia phone. And I had all these principles about, oh, you know, I don't want to have that much information in my pocket at all times. I want to kind of cut myself off from the internet, and um, I didn't want to constantly be checking my email and all that kind of stuff. 
And I remember somewhere along the line on this journey, Jamie came to me and said, yeah, just, just wondering about your phone. I'm wondering about smartphones. Maybe it would be a good idea to get a smartphone. Do you think that, that might be a good idea? Think about it. And so I thought, gosh, really? A smartphone? God, is this what you're saying? And I went, to, I went and prayed about it. I asked God about it. I was wrestling with it and grappling with it. And the months went by and the weeks went by. And ultimately, I did nothing. I didn't get a new phone. And in my, my head, I was kind of rationalizing that I was praying about it and being holy. But really, I wasn't completely listening to Jamie in that situation. Um, thankfully, God actually intervened. And some visiting people from another country uh, who were around at the time... And I got to know them through the time they were here. They decided they were going to bless me and give me a gift. And on the day they left, they handed me this gift. And it was a brand new smartphone. <laughs> and so clearly God intervened in that situation. But what happened was that smartphone released a whole measure of blessing and resources into my life that my other old phone didn't have. And I recognized in that moment that Jamie could see something because he was my leader that I couldn't see. And God, in his desire to perfect me and to shape me and to make me into his image, as we've seen, wanted to use Jamie to lead me. And so from that point, I was like, I need to be more serious about submitting to Jamie's authority and recognizing I need to listen when he suggests something. I don't need to just think about it and mull it over and wait a couple of months until God intervenes and forces the issue. I need to actually be quick to respond in that situation. Another situation, I can remember I was talking to John, and John just said, hmm, maybe you should learn to drive. And I kind of thought, that sounds like another nudge. That sounds like another nudge, like the phone nudge. And so from that moment, I was like, I'm going to have to do this. And uh, I haven't done it yet, but <laughs> I'm going to learn to drive. Um, I will do it, honestly. Um, you will see me driving before too long. But that's another example. I don't know what driving is going to release into my life, but I know there are blessings and there's grace in that simple life decision uh, that God wants to release to me that I wouldn't have got had I not been listening to John. And so this is the way it works. This is the way submission to leadership works. Final example I want to share um, is a bit earlier on in my life. When I came uh, back from uni, I was full of anxiety. I was full of fear. I was paralyzed by my fear. I spent a lot of time in the house. I rarely went out. I came to church, but I was often late, and I would leave the minute the meeting finished. Didn't want to talk to anyone. Didn't care about anyone. Um, and somewhere at that point in my life, Jamie came up to me and asked me to be a youth leader. And I was baffled. I was like, why would you pick me to be a youth leader? I'm just the, the worst candidate you could possibly imagine. Um, but again, Jamie saw something beyond what I could see. And I had to make a decision. Am I going to do that? Am I going to say yes and serve Jamie as a youth leader, as part of what he was doing at the time with the youth? Or am I just going to say, no, I'm all right on my own. I'm kind of going to church. I've got a relationship with God. That's cool. Um, I'll just muddle along for a little while. And I made a decision there, and I believe God was involved, to say, yes, I'm going to be a youth leader. And at that moment, I went from over here to stepping under Jamie's leadership and ultimately under John's leadership uh, and, and God's leadership for the youth. And at that moment, grace was released into my life and all kinds of blessings and teachings that would eventually lead to my healing. And God led me on a journey of complete freedom from anxiety and OCD. And so I know that for me, that healing, that shaping, that development, that perfection would not have happened had I not been in that relation to God. And when we step into God's leadership, that's when he says, I can trust this person, just like Jesus. I've humbled myself. I've said, I'm going to serve you. And God says, I can use this guy. And that's when he gives us responsibility ourselves. 
So to return to the beginning, all authority belongs to God. It's the means by which he perfects us, and it's how he brings about the restoration of all things. And we're all meant to be under it, and we're all meant to carry it in order to serve God's people and to play a part in his work.